That's uh, Colossians 1, verses 3 to 8. And if you're following along in one of these, uh, then it's 1,182. And this is what it says. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that sprang, <clears throat> that sprang from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it had been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Ben's uh, going to come and speak to us now uh, and tell us what this passage is all about. Very good morning to you. It is lovely to see you all this morning, especially if you're visiting. Let me add my welcome to you, to the one that Chris has already given to you. And um, uh, as Chris mentioned, my name is Ben. It's a real privilege to be one of the leaders here. And um, as Chris also said, we're going to be looking at that passage. Let me just encourage you then to keep your Bibles open in front of you so you can follow along. And uh, just to say, there's a handout uh, on your tables if you want to use that. Uh, to make notes and you'll notice just on the back page as well there's a space for kind of prayers and thoughts and comments or questions that's because at the end of the sermon what we do is we make some time and space for some discussion and um, uh, you might just want to jot something down as you're listening that you might want to then say at the end um, even if that's to a neighbour um, or, or, or publicly as a whole group uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to pray and ask for God's help, and then we are going to have a look at that passage uh, that Chris just read for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. We praise you that you are uh, a faithful God, as we've just sung, and that you're faithful to us today. <clears throat> thank you, Father, that as we look back through history, we know that, we can see that. And we thank you that your word uh, today to us is faithful and true. And so, Father, as we come to it, we ask that we would hear you speak, that we would hear your voice. Father, that you would uh, help our hearts to soften as we hear it. And that you would encourage us to keep trusting in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we do pray for the children that have just gone out. We pray, Father, that as they're taught from your word, they would know you too. They would come to know you for themselves and know all your goodness and faithfulness to them. So, Father, help us all this morning, we pray, by your spirit and for your glory. Amen. Uh, how do I know that this is genuine? How do we know that this is genuine? genuine. We live in a world which is wonderfully so full of variety and free choice. 
And in so many aspects of life, we can, we can look for kind of what best suits us and, and just choose it. Sadly, though, that means that we are sometimes left with this question, well, how do I know that the choice I have made is actually the best thing for me? How do I know that it is genuine? Now, we're, we're faced with that, that kind of question in so many situations, aren't we? So, you know, I, I had a, a friend who, uh, who um, went to buy an iPod when these things were first new, so some time ago, and they bought it from eBay, it was much cheaper than going to kind of the local Apple store. Um, and they were delighted with this choice. You know, but when it arrived, it didn't actually work because it wasn't actually genuine. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, real. Or uh, perhaps something that's affected more of us, you think about the scandal a few years ago where packets of kind of uh, minced beef were sold to millions, labelled as 100% best quality beef only later to be revealed, in some cases, 100% horse meat. And for some people, uh, we're kind of left looking at the labels thinking, well, how do I know now, after that, how do I know that this is genuine? It's a scandal, perhaps, uh, enough even to turn you into a vegetarian. Um, you know, we're even left questioning the media these days, aren't we? Um, so I remember one week being absolutely delighted at the headline of one newspaper that told me that real filter coffee is good for my heart. Uh, so for that week, I justified drinking cup after cup, only to then read in a different newspaper that real coffee would give me heart disease. And I'm kind of left thinking, well, how do I know what to believe? Now, how do I know which is, that, which is genuine? Now, in that case, I guess there's evidence for both those things, isn't there? They're trying to kind of back up their things. But now, we even have the idea of fake news to throw into the mix. So, take the story of Hillary Clinton, you know, being in involved in uh, uh, child sex abuse as the US election approached. Now, apparently, that lost her thousands of votes. But who, to know, who, who was to know that it was totally made up? It, was, it, it wasn't genuine at all. You know, we live in an age of such choice and such freedom that we're often left with the question, how do I know it's genuine? And I guess that's particularly true when it comes to faith. You know, people have all kinds of different beliefs that contradict one another. Uh, and if you were to come to them completely neutral, you'll be left thinking, well, how do I know which one is genuine? Now, as Christians, we know that our belief is genuine. You know, we, we don't go along with this idea that uh, these different beliefs are somehow equally true. They're all equally true, and they all lead to the same God. You have your faith, I'll have mine, and that's okay. Instead, actually, we know that the Bible is the word of God, that's the absolute authority, and Jesus is the only way to God. He really did come and die. He really did rise from the dead. You know, as Christians, we're not left puzzling over the question which one is genuine. However, with so many different ideas out there, with a culture that wants us to be tolerant, Actually, actually, we can sometimes wonder, can't we, 
is this really genuine? So, um, it was sometime last year, we were staying up in Suffolk, um, and there I was having kind of a, a relaxing morning, watching some CBBS with the kids, uh, as you do, and I looked out the window, so my mother-in-law has this kind of big window in the living room, and I saw these two guys walking towards the house, long coats, each had a big book under their arm, and I instantly knew who they were. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. And kind of inwardly, my heart sank. I remember at the time, I thought, I don't know if I have the energy to engage with them. But as I opened the door, I began that frustrating process. And they were really keen to stress um, that their beliefs were the same as mine. They kept saying, we're the same, we're the same. You can join us. The conversation went on, it became increasingly clear that we weren't the same, that the Jesus they believed in was very different to the Jesus that I believed in. And as we talked, neither of us was moving uh, from this, uh, uh, you know, from our view, who Jesus was, and eventually it came to an end. But here's the thing, as I closed the door and I, t- I walked away, for one second I was unsettled, because I considered the way that these guys were completely immovable, completely convinced of their own view, and the brief thought entered my mind, what if they're right? Now here I am, I, I am banking my life on this, and what if they're right, and I'm wrong? How do I know that what I believe and what I have been taught, how do I know that that's genuine? Well, the the church in Colossae, they believed in the same Jesus and the same gospel that we do here. And yet they were surrounded by a culture that promoted all kinds of false ideas and funny teachings. Now, I don't think they are a church that are having major doubts about their gospel. Okay, they're, not, they're not really questioning, but with so many different beliefs around, Paul opens his letter by affirming what they believe so that they may never doubt it, that they would know that it's genuine. He starts his letter by saying to them in this passage, look, you are a genuine church. You really are a genuine church. You really are the real thing. And he tells them that they have a genuine faith because of a genuine gospel that they heard through a genuine servant. There are three affirmations here that not only encourage them, but will encourage us to stick with the same gospel that we know, never moving on from it. So three affirmations we see. The first uh, here is that the church have genuine faith. Church have genuine faith. This is the first thing we see. The church have genuine faith. So Paul begins by telling the church what he does when he prays for them. Just have a look at verse 3. 
He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. We always thank God. Now that is a striking thing in and of itself, isn't it? That, that when we're praying for others before asking for anything, we thank God. But why does Paul do that? Well, there is a specific reason in verse 4. Let's have a look down there. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. You see, the church has faith in Jesus Christ and that is not something that they simply claim to have. It's not the kind of thing um, uh, that they're kind of, that, you know, they're umming and ahhing about nor is it something that they've earned themselves. Their faith has been given to them by God. Paul says, I thank God because of your faith. You see, it's from God. It's genuine faith in his son. Now, Paul is certain that it comes from God because their faith is not alone. Did you notice in verse 4 how their faith is coupled with something. Do you see there? Paul has heard of their faith in Christ Jesus and, verse 4, of the love you have for all God's people. See, that's how Paul knows that this is genuine. Because they've not just said, yep, we believe in Jesus, and then they've carried on their normal lives. Their faith is coupled with love for one another. So this is like a, it's like a seed that's planted in the ground. It doesn't stay dead in the ground. It doesn't just sit there and do nothing. It grows and it bears fruit. It shows itself in the most beautiful way. That is how you know the seed is there. Now, of course, it's not the fruit. It's not, it's not the, the plant that saves these people. It's not their love that saves them. We're saved by faith alone. But... Genuine faith is never alone. Genuine faith shows itself in sacrificial, self-giving towards not just the people we like, not just the people who are lovely, but to all of God's people. Now, I guess that means that, look, if there is a time where we will not give ourselves to the church, or if there is a time as Christians where we, you know, we sadly feel a sense of hate towards another Christian, you need to question whether your faith is genuine. Whether you do actually have faith in Christ. But for most of us here, this is an encouragement to us, isn't it? You know, to love one another is one of the aims here at Christchurch Campbell, and it is an aim that we are doing. You know, I, I know that myself, I've experienced it myself in this church. It was great, wasn't it, to hear, if, if you weren't here last week, we had a lady uh, just here as Elisa were coming to membership, and she said one of the things that convinced her that was the right thing to do 
was the, f- the fact that she'd experienced the love of the people here. Now I hope that's the experience of anyone who comes here, that they would know the love we have for one another. Now particularly if, that, if you're not a Christian, I hope you see something here that you don't see in the world. I hope you see genuine faith in Christ. And actually that's then something you want for yourself. But if we do know Jesus, we, we know this kind of love here, then encourage one another with it. You know, tell people that you thank God for them and their love because it's a mark of their genuine faith. That of all the other voices in the culture, we, we can have confidence that we are a genuine church because it's shown in the way that we love one another. And as we encourage one another with that, it will help us to keep trusting the same genuine gospel. Because that is where our faith comes from. It comes from a genuine gospel. That's the second thing we see this morning. A genuine gospel. So, the faith and love of these people, it's been given to them by God, isn't it? But it comes through hearing and understanding a genuine gospel. Just have a look at verse 5. The faith and love, so he's talking about this faith and love, and then he says, verse 5, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. See, they've heard a true gospel about a man named Jesus, who was God who came to earth, who lived his life perfectly as a man, who died for their sin, rose again, and now gives them hope that's stored up in heaven. It's a certain hope for them to look forward to. That's the reason for their genuine faith and their their love. It springs from hope. And he says, Paul says here, look, that good news is true and it's bearing fruit all over the world. Just have a look at verse 6. This is the message of the true gospel, verse 6, that has come to you, and in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You see, this true gospel, it bears fruit, not only in them, but all over the world. It is a genuine gospel. So this is not... This is not the iPod that, that kind of comes through the post and it, and it looks okay, but it doesn't actually work. Okay, this is not the seed planted in the ground, but never ever grows. This is good news that is true and good news that bears fruit. It's genuine. It's genuine good news. And that is because it is a gospel of hope. As we look at the book of Colossians, we we will see that the hope we have will involve being forgiven. It will involve entering a new kingdom. It will involve receiving rewards. But ultimately, it tells us that hope stored up in heaven for us is Christ. That's our hope. That one day we will meet Jesus Christ. That we will be with him in glory. 
that's there. It's, it's stored up for us. And so you can think of it a, a bit like a wedding day. You know, so if you imagine a, a girl uh, gets engaged to be married, so she's in this meaningful, intimate relationship with her fiancé now, okay, but she's not fully with him yet. You know, the time when they say their vows, where they live in the same house, where they share the same things, the time when she is with him, that's in store. And that is her certain hope. She knows that day is coming. Now that's the kind of hope that we have with Christ. We know that wedding day is coming. But do you see that makes a difference now? We now spend our days, they're not spent withdrawing from this world, they're not spent in some kind of spiritual daydream, but we live in this world in relationship with him in such a way that we are constantly getting ready for our wedding day. And more than that, we're getting others ready for the wedding. You see, it's not just me or you getting married, all of God's people are getting ready for that wedding day. And so as I see my fellow Christians as the bride of Christ, you know, as I see the church as the bride, what am I going to spend my time doing? Helping them to get ready. You know, imagine that, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you've seen this in pictures, if not experienced yourself, where the, 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 the bride is sitting there on her wedding day. She's not yet married, but she, she's there. And she has this team of people flying around her, trying to get her ready, trying to make her as beautiful as possible for her groom. You know, that is what it means for me to love you. And you see, the more I have faith, that this hope is certain, then the more I will give myself to getting you ready. Do you see, that is the genuine gospel that you will meet Jesus Christ. That is the genuine gospel that works. The genuine gospel of hope now, it is strikingly different to the false ideas that are around. Okay, so these ideas, that they're hard to pin down. They, they involve Jewish festivals, human traditions, living by rules, wandering, uh, sorry, withdrawing from the world. Uh, there's no kind of one single idea, but the one thing they do have in common is they don't offer you any hope. They're simply a way of saying, well, if you do X, Y, and Z, that will sort life out today. It will get you somewhere today, but that is about it. And you see, if you become captive to your X, Y, Z, whatever that may be, I must do these things, then you won't love other people. You will either use them to get those things done, or you will crush them because they are in your way. And Paul's point here is, look, just in case you get drawn into that kind of way of living, know that the gospel that came to you 
is genuine. That we will meet Christ. All of us will meet Christ. That is genuinely good news for God's people. It is good news that bears fruit. It's good news of certain hope. And can you see that it is good news that you look forward to for a whole lifetime? It's not something for today and then you move on to something else. You are getting ready for that day your whole Christian life. You're helping others to get ready for that day your whole Christian life. So you never need to move on. You never need to look elsewhere. Now one way I guess we can remember this, isn't it, is just to remind one another that that day is coming and that it's good, it's really, really good news. Yeah, and I guess we do that, don't we? Not just as we speak of it, but also of encouragements throughout the world. Yeah, that's one of the great things about, um, yeah, as we saw in the video, belongs to the FIC, it's an encouragement to see that the gospel that we believe here, the fruit that we're bearing here, is the gospel that's believed elsewhere, in Neath or in Marlborough, and fruit is being born there as well. And we're, we're encouraged, aren't we? That's, that, well, we believe the same thing. We believe the genuine gospel. Or you could, you could read about or pray about the, the persecuted church. <clears throat> you know, to see Christians suffering in such awful circumstances and yet continuing to trust Christ will remind us that actually their hope is our hope. And again, that the gospel is a genuine gospel. But who's to say that it's not a gospel that was just made up? You know, apart from Paul saying these things, how do we know that the gospel that we first heard is actually true, as he says it is? Well, the last thing we see this morning <clears throat> is that they've heard it and they've learnt it from a genuine servant. They've heard it from a genuine servant. That's the last thing we see. A genuine servant. So the church here, they learnt the gospel from a man called Epaphras. And what we'll see is in chapter 4, he is... He, he is um, a Colossian. He, he, he is from Colossae, and what's likely to have happened is um, he's travelled to a place called Ephesus, and he heard the gospel from Paul, he was converted, and he was so excited that he returned to Colossae to tell his friends about Jesus. And they've seen, and they've, they've heard, and they've understood the gospel, and this church has come about. And Paul wants to know... Sorry, Paul wants the people to know that they can trust what he told them because he's a genuine servant. Just have a look at verse 7. He says, you learned it, so you learned the gospel from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. You see, here's a man who's not only heard the gospel from an apostle <clears throat> who's seen the risen Jesus, but someone who's served alongside him. Paul says he's a fellow servant. So he knows this guy. He, he has seen the way he talks about Jesus. And he says, look, he's faithful to the Jesus that I met. 
he tells you the same genuine gospel as, as Paul does. Now, at this point in time, what, what's happened is Epaphras has travelled up back up to see Paul, and he t- what's clear is he tells the, the truth in both directions. Just have a look at verse 8. Uh, so he says, and who, so again, Epaphras also told us of your love in the Spirit. So Epaphras has gone up to him and told him what's true about this church. He's a genuine servant of Christ. He tells the truth. And so his point is, look, you can trust this guy. You can trust that what he speaks about you and what he speaks about Christ is genuine. Now, I guess um, for all of us, we can probably remember, can't we, people who, or, or an individual who, who were genuine servants of Christ, who told us the gospel. Might have been a friend or parents or someone from the church uh, family. And I guess we thank God for them, don't we? You know, for their faithfulness, not only to us, but to Jesus. And from this point, as people here in the church serve us with the gospel, as we keep reminding one another of the gospel, we trust that they're genuine and we measure what they say against the gospel that we read and hear against the word of God. The gospel that Paul and the other apostles write about. We hear it and then we measure it and then we keep trusting it knowing that the way on, the way in is also the way on. Let's pray. Father, we praise you so much that you have given us genuine faith, that's shown in by our love and it comes from a gospel of hope that is not made up but is real and true and Father we thank you for the other people that have shared that with us Father we do pray that that gospel of hope would be the gospel that we hold on to for all of our lives that we would see that there's never any need to move on, but we um, <clears throat> we 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 have a gospel that we we need to just enjoy and look forward to and trust in every single day. Father, please have mercy on us and keep us for Jesus Christ, and we pray this for your glory. Amen.